understand him. In a way, Grogu and I can feel each other's thoughts. Grogu? Yes. That's his name. Grogu. He was raised at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Many masters trained him over the years. Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of Never Seen Star Wars. The show where before today we'd never seen Mandalorian Chapter 13, The Jedi, but now we have. I'm your host, Trevor Chong, and it's great to be with you here today. Join with me as always my co-host, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? Uh, Trevor, doing really, really well. Uh, my wife and I were thinking about, you know, maybe trying for a baby and we were working through some potential names for that baby. And I finally have a name and it's none other than Grand Admiral Thrawn. Huh? What do you think? Oh, that's, a, that's an interesting name. Interesting <laughs> yeah, name. Not that. Is, the, is the baby going to be blue? Is that my, <laughs> that's my question. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. All right. And we're joined t- today with a very special uh, co-host as well. The great Alex Kidwell. Alex, how are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for that introduction. I'm really happy to, happy to be talking some Star Wars with you guys. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's great. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your, your Star Wars fandom? You know? Yeah, so um, I've loved Star Wars, obviously, since I was a little kid. Um, you know, the original trilogy is what I grew up watching. My dad inundated me from a very young age. Obviously, being born in the late 80s, I wasn't like on it from the get-go, but I was on it about as early as you could be. I think by like four or five, I was watching my first Star Wars. So, um, you know, obviously saw the uh, the prequel trilogy in theaters um, and was really heavily into that. And obviously rate that, I think, more highly than most people just because of like the age I was at and the place I was at when those came out. Like they were just kind of a formative, you know, I was like in high school. So those are a big deal for me, even though, you know, they obviously have problems and stuff like that. But uh you know, and then the new trilogy, like, obviously, you know, right there with it, uh, it has its own set of problems for sure. But, uh, you know, and then, um, yeah, the, the, all the, the side material, too. I mean, I haven't read all the books. I've got a buddy who has read, I mean, he, there's no piece of media he hasn't consumed. He's read, like, every piece of, like, the use on Fong War and, and stuff like that. I mean, he is, like, next level. I'm not, I'm not on his level, but um, I have seen Clone Wars. I have seen Rebels. Um, Rebels, actually, it, I didn't get on until about, like, most of the way through season one, it was actually Brent from RHAP, Brent Wolgamot, who was like, are you watching Rebels, dude? And I'm like, no, it's on Disney Channel. It's not really, he was like, no, no, check it out. And you can tell if you watch Rebels, man, like the first few episodes, they think this is a kid's show. You know what I mean? It, it feels like a kid's show. And then they realize, like, I think as they made it, they're like, oh, everyone who's watching this is like a diehard Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Like, and a lot of them are adults. And so Rebels, like, you can feel it. It starts to veer into like the more adult, like a more heavy, more like thematic. Like it's got... It's got some real juice to it. So, like, I, I've really loved a lot of the new content that's been coming out, aside from the movies. Obviously, Mandalorian has been, you know, in my mind, fantastic. And I think this was maybe the best episode yet. And we'll, obviously, we'll get into it, but I'm excited about it. Yeah, and the knowledge of Rebels, especially Clone Wars as well, is just so valuable as we head into Yeah, increasingly. So it's fun to see the, the sort of crossover between them. And it used to just be little Easter eggs here and there, there. But now we're literally bringing in characters from animated series to the live action. 
So it's great. Uh, let's just dig into just initial reaction of uh, the episode here. Uh, Alex, you said maybe it was the best one yet. Joel, let's hear from you first. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, well, I went, Alex, I was on the record two weeks ago saying that chapter 11, The Heiress, was the best episode of The Mandalorian so far. But I'm going to have to come in hot today and say that not only was this the new best episode of The Mandalorian ever, but I'm compelled to say that this was the best 45 minutes I've ever watched in the Star Wars universe, including anything to do with the movies, Rebels, Clone Wars. It was just so captivating. It had everything that I love in Star Wars. Like chapter 11 had all the great, you know, the Mandalorians, the great music, but what it was missing was like the Jedi Knight action, you know, brought into 2020 with like the good sound effects and the good quality, not like the the Ben Kenobi versus Darth Vader Jedi lightsaber fights. And so it had that. But what I realized I was also wanting was unexpected emotion from someone I didn't see it coming from. And that was from the child. Like we got to see that baby Yoda, or now we know Grogu, has like this dark past in him. And he has these feelings of being lost and alone, What is what Ahsoka was saying. And so this episode was like, I cannot believe that this is what you, it was on TV today. This is like the, one of the most amazing 45 minutes of TV I've ever watched. So I loved it. Yeah, like wow. I think I've always felt about The Mandalorian like, oh, I don't want it to end. But mm. with this one, I was just like, I could li- like, I don't want it to ever, like, I just want to watch this for the rest of my life. I don't want it to yeah. ever stop ever. Like, this is yeah. so, so good. And I mean, yeah, there was so much there. And that to think that was just 45 minutes is absolutely <laughs> insane. I mean, like you mentioned earlier, the, the mention of Thrawn, the tie into, mm-hmm. you know, maybe another Jedi out there. Could it be, you know, like, I mean, there's speculation of mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, Cameron Monaghan's video game character, Ezra Bridger mm-hmm. from Rebels, uh, Luke Skywalker, you know, like all this, you know, hype that comes out of that. There's, um, you know, revelations about Coruscant. And I mean, like some of the parallels now that can be drawn mm-hmm. between like Grogu and Anakin in Phantom Menace are like, pretty amazing really when you think mm-hmm. about it like there's a lot there to unpack like and it gave us all that and in addition like you said i mean some of the best combat and action sequences that we've ever been given on any kind mm-hmm. of story i mean right there with rogue one in terms of mm-hmm. quality and like you know budget and all that stuff. i mean it's fantastic yeah. stuff yeah and I, I just have to jump on the train as well i, I love the episode <laughs> uh there's no there's no conflict here in this episode in uh, this podcast we all love it so much fun. I guess the thing, and we'll get to this because it is sort of the top story here, and the thing we should discuss is the big news out of this is Baby Yoda is no longer Baby Yoda. I mean, I guess they never was officially Baby Yoda, but Baby Yoda is Grogu. Is that right? Grogu? That's what we're going with? It was funny because I watched a video this morning. Well, actually, a little bit ago, like one of those, like unpacking all the Easter eggs videos on YouTube, and he called him Gorgu the whole time. I was like, oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we're still, we're all still adjusting, clearly. Yeah, and Twitter, Twitter is up in arms. Like everyone's refusing to call him Grogu. No, his name's Baby Yoda. That's what we're calling yeah. him. He's never going to be Grogu to me. Yeah, some people are like still on the child. Some people are still on Baby yeah. Yoda, but a lot of people rejected Grogu. <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, is it? Is it really any worse than Yaddle or Yoda at the end of the day? I mean, yeah. I, I saw a good tweet about, uh, you know, when this kid is 700 years older, he's going to look like a Grogu. You know, exactly. 
You're yeah, gonna look at this old man with the wispy, you know, Yoda hair and be like, okay, yeah. Grogu fits. Yeah. Like Master Grogu. Yeah, no, I think it totally yeah. fits. I'm, I'm totally okay with it. I'm on board with I'm it. I'm on board. Yeah, yeah. I love, <laughs> I love like just like the acceptance that he felt like the very first time Mandalorian called him Grogu. He like looked at him in a way that he's never looked at him before. It's just like was- finally you realize who I am. So I love that. It's amazing how expressive they're able to make that oh. freaking puppet. It's unbelievable. Like a little puppet and a guy whose face doesn't show shows so much emotion. It's it's yeah. amazing. They just came in with the puppet and were like, <laughs> just remind you, like CGI is good, but yeah. look what we can do with CGI over <laughs> top of a puppet. This yeah. is the this is the shit. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna take some time for me to get used to to Grogu though. I think I think I might have to stick with Baby Yoda for now. I don't know. It's it's just it's a bit a while that you know we've really gotten used to. I mean, there's already merchandise yeah. with the yeah. Baby Yoda name. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So so we'll see if it catches on here. But uh, let's let's get into some of this episode here. Let's kind of just go through it beat by beat and see what we thought here. So it opens up right away. We get Ahsoka. It's not. You know, we thought maybe, oh, are we gonna, how are we going to introduce Ahsoka? No, immediately, first 10 seconds, we see the double lightsabers, and we see Ahsoka. She's kicking butt all over Corvus here. Uh, Alex, what do you think of this way to open up the episode? Uh, man, it was pretty great. Um, it's cool to see. You know, like, obviously, you would expect Ahsoka, to, if you've, you know, followed Ahsoka's saga through. And, you know, what's really cool, and I think something that I, one of those YouTube videos touched on that I think, you know, is important to note that I hadn't really considered, but, like, when Ahsoka was, you know, the character was first introduced, and again, now that's 12 years ago. It's crazy to think about, but like, it's been 12 years since that first Clone Wars episode that was like three episodes as a movie that dropped on like Cartoon Network or whatever, like way back when. Like, Ahsoka was hated. She was like universally panned. Like a lot of a lot of the fans were like, who is this? You're gonna give Anakin a Padawan? How's that gonna work? This is terrible. This is stupid. So like, it's so crazy how far we've come because like they wrote her well. They, and that just shows how good storytelling can turn a fan base from being like, you know, because everyone was initially critical and you could say like, yeah, people are stupid, but like good story writing always wins people over. You know what I mean? I think that's, Ahsoka is such a great example. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, her story is fantastic. And the way they ended up, you know, doing the last season of Clone Wars only like a year ago or whatever, mm-hmm. and tying everything in with the end of Rebels with, you know, her, finding out about Anakin and then later confronting him at the end of Rebels and the fact that, you know what I mean? Those are so separate in terms of time, but those releases were like actually pretty close together. So it's cool to see like all of that. So then just to know all that and like you would expect her at this point to be like kind of trying to reestablish order as much as she can. You know what I mean? I mean, she's like, a, she's a wrecking crew, but she's only one person. You know what I mean? She can only do so much. And we know from the way she was like drummed out of the Jedi order, she's always going to be probably disillusioned with organization and like organized society. Like she's not going to just jump into the new Republic. Like, Hey, I want to be a Senator. Like that's just not going to be her. You know what I mean? So it all just really fit. And I think Rosario Dawson just nailed it. Like from the get go, I didn't have any trouble just like moving seamlessly from like the Ahsoka I've watched countless hours of animated to Rosario Dawson playing it, which is a real Testament to Rosario Dawson because that's, not a traditional look or act to pull mm-hmm. off you know what i mean and so you know she she crushed it she knocked it out of the park for me but like you know super cool to see her like out here doing this and then again you know even cooler to find out later like who this woman is the fact that you know she is the way she is because of devastation from the clone wars i mean ahsoka mm-hmm. is the way she is because of the clone wars grogu is the way grogu is because of the clone wars yeah. like the clone wars <laughs> affects us all right like that's yeah. a cool the cool underlying theme here too so there's there's so much going on it's amazing it really is great 
Yeah, and the Rosario Dawson did do a great job. When I heard the casting choice, you know, way back, I was a little, you know, thrown off by it a bit, just because I think I was a little tired of her in uh, all the Marvel <laughs> Netflix shows. Like she was yeah. in, appeared so much. I was like, all right, that's enough of Claire Temple in these shows here. But she did such a great job, and I think from the beginning, I just thought that's that's Ahsoka. I looked right right there, like Ahsoka. Jordan. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I loved having her here. And, and I was thinking I got major kind of Marvel Netflix vibes from just thinking about this season as a whole and thinking about her and how in all of the different shows like Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, uh, Iron Fist, she showed up in all of them. And I feel like this is going to happen again. She's going to show up here in Mandalorian. She's going to show up in the potential Bo-Katan series. She's going to show up in her own series. And I think she's just going to be a character who kind of makes the rounds again, except on Disney Plus now. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I mean, and you know, we kind of we kind of know, right? Because like, I mean, it was established right in Rise of Skywalker that like one mm -hmm. of the voices Ray hears is Ahsoka's, right? Like yeah. that's pretty established. So like, yeah, she's gotta die at some point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think yeah. she's still alive by the end of that next war. So like, yeah. if she gets her own series, like that might end tragically. Like yeah. I'm fascinated to find out how that plays out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and now that we've seen Rosario Dawson, I think can nail the role. I'm like super oh, bullish yeah. for whatever they decide to do with that. Like. Yeah, and I guess we can, we're going to do now a bit. I mean, I'll talk about more. I was, I'm curious of where, how much more Ahsoka we will see in The Mandalorian is my, is my question here. But maybe we can yeah. dig into it a bit more in a sec here. But so we see Ahsoka, she kicks butt, and then we visit back in with Baby Yoda and Mandalorian. And we see Baby Yoda, his obsession with that little ball, is that what we call it? It's just a ball, metal ball. And yeah. it made me wonder from the beginning, like, Baby Yoda has all this, the power of the force. He's able to use the force. And all he's done so far in this season is use it to get a ball and use it to get cookies. So <laughs> is, is that a great use of his force powers, Jordan? I mean, that's really, that's really all he's got. Like, we know that he hasn't been trained. Uh, he's used it in, in season one in life or death situations to save the Mando and everyone. But he really just, I, I don't think he really knows how to, like, harness his energy. Like, what do I use it for? All I am is hungry, so I guess I'll use it to get food, right? He has no other purpose for it at this point. Yo, I think it's it's been too long. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's he's got this like lapse in his memory from the last time when he was in the Jedi Temple, and even then it sounds like his he was hidden. Like it doesn't sound like he was trained with the other the other kids. Because like, if he was, he probably just would have been murdered with the other kids. Oh, yeah. when Anakin came through. <laughs> so like, you know, I mean, you have to wonder like maybe he was trained, you know, separately and kind of you know raised separately. And like, who even was he? You know what I mean? Is he like Yoda? Maybe and then like you know was he like some you know child that Yoda and Yaddle had and is I that know. why Yaddle is like drummed out of the Jedi Order by movie two and we never see mm -hmm. her again like I don't know but like I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's interesting to speculate about where this all comes from yeah um, I know I, I, I'm very happy we finally got some more intel on the child on, I can't even call him Grogu yet on baby Yoda yeah. uh, it, it's so good but again that's a, a question I still have is like where did this guy come from where did <laughs> where did Yoda come from is there more of these things or is yeah. there one unique is there a planet of like thousands of them I, that's that's a lot one of the last questions i have about the child here yeah does this does this move us closer or further away from the idea that grogu is yoda's child is this 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 information because i think that's still right on the table there i feel like closer because now we know he was on chorus yeah you know yeah. what i mean like he didn't necessarily originate there but like he was at the jedi temple so i don't know the timeline matches up with the Yaddle being drummed out of the service so. yeah <laughs> Yeah, what happened there? Um, I, she, I mean, if she, you know, Jedi aren't allowed to have. If she had a child, that mm -hmm. would explain yeah. it. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Sure, I'm not sure the uh, the age. I guess it's how long ago was Phantom Menace from from now? How many years is that? 
I mean, Phantom Menace takes place, let's see, Anakin's like 12, and then by the time the Clone Wars start up, he's like 18, right? So I think it's like six years before the start of the Clone Wars. I mean, if Grogu's 50, I think it's in play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> Some Maybe kind of like Jedi scandal, you know what I mean? I don't know if you ever, <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw that like Chappelle show. So there's a Chappelle show sketch where he, uh, there's like scandal in the Jedi Order. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, It'd be funny that. too because Yoda holds everything to such a high order too, like the high, the high standard to be a Jedi, and for him to kind of go behind the back of all that and be like the most scandalous of them all would be. Quite a development. Well, to me, that was always the flaw with the Jedi, right? It's like, yeah. you know, like they are supposed to be the universal good, but it's like, yeah. and one thing I think that's super cool is that they reference Tython. And I was, I was looking mm-hmm. up Tython and like, I, you know, I've read all the books and stuff like that, but Tython in the canon that I guess is no longer real, but like at one point was legit. Uh, Tython was like, you know, they've established now in, um, in what was it? Uh, in the new trilogy, right? That like Luke, the place Luke was with the blue milk mm-hmm. and everything. That's the that's the first Jedi temple now in canon. Right. But like, I think in like old canon, Tython was like speculated it might have been the first Jedi temple. It's certainly one of the yeah. oldest, right? That's and what so, it sounds like, like. Yeah. Yeah, and so like it's gonna be interesting to see like you know how that ties in, and then also like to what degree. Oh, I forget where I was going with this. <laughs> It'll come back to me, but. uh yeah, I mean, that's something that I'm especially interested to see because, like, you know, that will definitely play into, uh, I think, like, some of the further mysteries of, like, mm-hmm. how this all played out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I so, had a better point to make. <laughs> oh, it's all great. good. It's all good. <laughs> We're jumping all over the place here, so yeah. I'll try and bring yeah. us back on track here, and we'll touch on some of these things a bit more. But we do uh, get to this planet Corvus and the town of Caladan, a bit of a different town. It's sort of, uh, what is it? there's that dust or something that's uh, that's always around there that it's very dark and dusty and this town itself it seems pretty brutal to live in don't you think jordan yeah it looks like the the magistrate as we came to learn uh is just on a, a wrecking tour right now and she just destroyed this planet and is kind of holding all these people beneath her ordering them around essentially like torturing many of them and so i think she's just turned this place into one of the places that she's triumphed and trying to make an example out of them it was almost like a modern day. They had like, as if they were like crucifying people out front. Yeah. They had them in these like electric chair. Nasty. They weren't chairs. Like, I don't know what they, what they were. What were they, Alex? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like gnarly. It's, uh, yeah, it was kind of like suspended um, in like, a, you know, an electrified kind of uh, gurney almost, mm-hmm. right? It's like a, a vertical gurney, I guess you'd call it. And then they're like yeah. suspended and kind of held in there and then shocked like, every so often yeah that was uh that was pretty nasty and also pretty efficient and then Mm -hmm. it like once once she throws thrawn's name it all just kind of hits you know what Mm -hmm. i mean because that's such a thrawn type of device you know what i mean it's like efficient just use a little electricity to get the job done it's like agonizing it's perpetual like that just it just checks all the boxes from what we know about grand admiral thrawn and and people Mm -hmm. that would follow him you know what i mean so I, i like that tie in yeah, and that, right from the beginning, we, we, Ahsoka's wondering who, she wants to talk to somebody, she wants to know who, where his master is, who her master is, or the magistrate's master is, and did you have any idea, Alex, of who that might be before we, they revealed that it was Thrawn? No, but I love the way they did it, right, because, like, it's clear, they didn't even say what the information was necessarily, but, like, right. whatever she wanted to ask, Knowledge, it's like, right? how many lives is this information worth you? And you're like, oh, whatever she needs to get out of her is a huge plot device, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this is going to be important, they foreshadowed that right from the very beginning of the episode oh sorry about that but yeah i think that was uh that was one of the coolest things because that was some something that was just kind of hanging over the entire episode like Mm -hmm. what 
does she know who is the and then a little later they tease out a little more like ask about like who is your master you right. know what i mean so you get a little more and you're like oh okay now we can speculate and you know i think my first thought would obviously be like tie it back to uh uh what's the name moff gideon you know what i mean because yeah. i think that's like a natural time yeah. he seems to be this kind of last remnant of the empire he seems to be consolidating what forces remain in the outer rim where they're far enough away from new republic jurisdiction to be able to like put something together like i think the to me like i know a lot of people thought the last week's episode was slow and it was for a lot of reasons you know what i mean it didn't it wasn't the best especially after the episode pr prior but i think one of the coolest things about last episode and like i think a moment that actually made me go like oh was at the end where you see there's an imperial uh, imperial destroyer like there's a there's still a battleship out yeah. there a fully functional and it's not a death star but these things are devastators, you know what I mean? And like, I know we kind of, you know, we saw Rise of Skywalker and there's like hundreds of them taken down. So maybe we dismiss how potent these things are as a, as a destructive weapon. But like, one of those things is a pain in the ass for the Republic, just one. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I think my natural assumption is after the Ewoks and everybody win, like those things are eradicated from the galaxy. So to see that there's even still any in operation makes you feel like, I think early on, it just kind of felt like, oh, this is like the Nazis after World War II. You know what I mean? They're trying to yeah. have a little something. They're fleeing to Argentina, but there's nothing there, really. And mm -hmm. now we're starting to see, I think, more and more like, oh, there might be actually more here than just, you know, like fragments of a shattered thing. Like, they might actually still have the semblances of something. The fact that that base was a lab, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, the fact that it was still in, in operation and the message was only three days old, like... These are, these are important little nuggets that tells you the empire is kind of still in business. And so I thought that was a very natural, natural time, but Thrawn has me beyond excited because, you know, I mean, if anyone doesn't know the way Rebels ends, like it's, it's very much ambiguous what happens to Thrawn and Ezra, so. Right, yeah, so that, that was the next thing I was gonna ask you is I, I've, uh, I, originally I just saw bits and pieces of Rebels here and there, and I remember watching the finale and all yeah. that, and now I'm going through it all again, to, just with the knowledge of Mandalorian, it's been a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. But why don't you tell us, for the, a lot of people probably don't know who Grad Admiral Thrawn is, why don't you tell us just a little bit what you know about him, Alex? Yeah, sure. So like Thrawn, obviously he's, a, there's a whole uh, book series about him that uh, my buddy, my buddy, shout out to my buddy Warren, who's like the biggest Star Wars fan I know. He, I mean, that's like, I think that's like his favorite book series there is. Like, I th it's not canon anymore, but like, I do want to read it. I think every, like, my understanding is it's just really objectively some of the best Star Wars writing that's out there and maybe some of the best Star Wars storytelling. Like, there's mm -hmm. three books about Grand Admiral Thrawn and, and none of it's canon anymore officially, but it's still fantastic. Um, and my understanding is worth checking out. But anyways, from Rebels, what you really do get to understand from Thrawn is here's a guy who is now a major player in the like space Navy. You know what I mean? Like these are, it's called a Navy. These are spaceships. You know what I mean? I love that. <laughs> that I love that everything is like on the sea of space. And so we yeah. use the terms the of fleet. boats. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. Right. Everything's a play. Star Trek too. I mean, that's always been something that appealed to me about yeah. these. But, um, so Thrawn is somebody that obviously isn't around when, uh, when it all goes down, when Order 66 is executed, when, um, you know, when the em emperor comes to power. But he's a guy that quickly rises through the ranks after he's discovered during the course of the takeover. You know what I mean? Because he's clearly very, very smart, brilliant tactician, and absurdly efficient. And you see these moments throughout Rebels that just kind of stick out to you. And I think one of the most telling is where he's like, he's kind of, uh, he's got Hera, who's one of the main uh, members of the, uh, 
the rebel group that you're following throughout the series. And he's, you know, he's kind of extracting information from her. And, and interestingly, with the device very similar to these torture devices, like he's got her in a electric kind of gurney thing too. And uh, he's asking Hera about this kind of uh, device, this, this like heirloom from her home world that he's found. You know what I mean? He collects artifacts. This is something that's so right. fascinating about him. Like he, as he conquers, he doesn't just like, destroy everything he's interesting he wants to learn about his enemy so he can be smarter always smarter and so he like takes things and studies them and so he's like he's able to like basically like pick apart this heirloom and in so doing like tell her what her culture is what their strengths are and what their flaws were and why they failed and it's like wow dude this guy is scary scary smart you know what i mean so i think that's the thing you take away from rebels is that this guy's always like three moves ahead on the chessboard of battle and so if he's still a player in any kind of capacity, it's like all of a sudden uh, the Empire would have like their queen back on the chessboard, basically. Right. Do we think that he's in, like, if, is he in play for Mandalorian, first of all? And what's his relation to someone like Grand Moff Tarkin, uh, not, not Tarkin, sorry, Moff Gideon, sorry. Moff Gideon. Yeah, I think those are super interesting questions, you know, that remain to be seen. But like, you know, they were both tied to the Empire. And I think now... You know, what we don't know, we know that the Empire eventually probably is what reforms itself into the First Order, right? right By the time the yeah. movies come back, there's this First Order. The New Republic failed somehow, you know what I mean? Something didn't work out. Either the mm -hmm. New Republic fell into complete, like, corruption and they became the First Order, which I don't think is likely because Leia is at the, the heart of that, right? But more likely is some kind of, like, Imperial remnant reformed itself into the First Order and like emerge from the outer rim as a force you know so what maybe what it is is like they're separate factions now but they'll reform once they have sufficient power or maybe they're in communication now or but either way i mean they were all loyal to the emperor at one point and mm -hmm. they probably have common goals in re-establishing themselves and bringing down the republic yeah long live the empire right yeah. it's so much i mean it's just amazing how like one name drop here and there can just yeah. set off an entire you know what i mean it just it creates a whole lot more things that are potentially in play with what's going mm -hmm. on with these characters mm -hmm. yeah it's exciting it's so exciting and i think that's what makes this episode so great is that it had it was about the main story which we want to know like we want to know more about the jedi more about baby yoda we want to like progress that story we learned about the past we got to know more about clone wars and then we got snippets of the future so i got everything that we wanted we had everything it success. really yeah, did have everything and like from a combat standpoint too i mean like if you go like everyone has always said that like star wars is like a classic homage to like westerns and samurai stuff right like that's what star wars is mm -hmm. and like you have them at the same time you have ahsoka having a samurai fight and the yeah. mandalorian having a western showdown at the same time yeah. like what more do you want <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty fantastic i don't i don't really know what else to say yeah it's great and so speaking of mando so he arrives to this town and immediately we find okay something fishy is going on here no one wants to talk to him and the magistrate eventually visits him and says that she wants him to kill a Jedi. And in return, she'll give him a Beskar spear. Uh, what, how much, I'm still confused about this Beskar, Jordan. Like, what else? So we know there's Beskar armor. I mean, now there's Beskar spears. What else do you do with Beskar? <laughs> I mean, I guess you could, possibilities are endless. But this is kind of like a, this story would be a, the top story in many other episodes. But Beskar steel? can handle a lightsaber in combat he like the first right. time he met ahsoka 
they had this little battle in the woods and he was he just used like his armor to block a lightsaber like that's a big story right there and first of all that little battle in the woods between the between mando and ahsoka was super fun so cool it reminded me a lot of like uh the original avengers movie where they're fighting in the woods they're just like it's just so cool to see those two together but getting this beskar steel which can hold up what we saw at the end against two lightsabers is pretty amazing so i think the possibilities are endless with this stuff and the value of it keeps going up episode by episode no this like you understand better how the jedi and like the empire of mandalore back when it used to like reign supreme like you know like i I always equate them to like sparta you know what i mean and like Mm. towards its end sparta was like had to align with athens who they saw as a bunch of nerds really but like that wasn't like you know in the in the older days like sparta was like you know they just they didn't need allies you know what i mean so like that's how i think of mandalore and like the jedi had to stop them because like before there was an empire when the sith were like in a hiding for all that time like mandalore was just like conquering planets and like but this helps me understand how you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like now that i can see beskar holds up against lightsaber you know like kyber crystal energy whatever it is you know what i mean like this helps me really understand how like oh okay like you know, you saw Boba Fett, and it was cool because Boba Fett uses the same move, right, on Luke, on the yeah. uh, on Java's right. barge, right? right, with the right. Uh, the what's it like the the grappling wraps wire, around you know whatever, what I mean? Yeah, yeah wraps, around. and it didn't work for him either, right? Like the Jedi yeah. outplays that both times. I love I've that. seen that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so great. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's a good moment, but it really, I think, hit home for me, like how. Uh, Mandalore of old, right, could have like posed a legit threat and like, because mm-hmm. I always thought like, well, couldn't the Jedi just kind of come through and just mow him down? Like, you know, we've never seen Boba Fett for, I guess Jango poses like a nominal threat yeah. to a lot of the, you know, the <laughs> Jedi that are lesser than Obi-Wan, but like, yeah. this really helps me understand, man. Beskar holds up against lightsabers. All right, big, big, yeah. big revelation there. Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, Django went pretty good toe-to-toe with Obi-Wan, from what I That's remember. True. He just got destroyed by Mace Windu in about 30, 13 seconds or so. So, But my question is, in that little skirmish between Mando and Ahsoka, uh, who, who wins that fight if that plays out? <laughs> oh, uh, man. I this think, is good. Go ahead, Alex. I think probably Ahsoka, but obviously, I, you know, they both have plot armor. So it probably just goes on until <laughs> somebody interrupts every time or something yeah. interrupts. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's one of those things we'll never find out. Like, I guess sort of like you, you could have an, a debate till the end of time. Like, would, a, would Captain America actually have killed Iron Man in Civil War there at the end? Or was he just showing mercy? I think it's kind of one of those things you could argue it both ways. But I don't think we'd ever know. I'd right. love to see it. Yeah. Though. I, right. I think I saw on Twitter today some podcast was doing like, uh, who's the greater warrior, Bruce Lee or Batman? And I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, is plot armor involved? Because uh, <laughs> yeah. Batman has plot armor. He wins every time. Yeah. One pl- thing interesting. Sorry, go ahead, Trevor. Yeah, you go first. Plot armor is the only thing stronger than Beskar. If I'm. You know what's interesting about that about that spear? Like that's got to be familiar to Pedro Pascal and his Red Viper character, who, oh, yeah, who right. loved using a spear in Game of Thrones. Right? It's got to be a familiar. He's weapon like, I already did the training. <laughs> Give me a make it a spear. Yeah. I already did all the classes. Like. Right. You just got to be it careful. Gonna fit. Oh, go on, it does feel like a Mandalorian weapon. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. like it, it doesn't, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a good fit, I think. Mm-hmm. It'll be cool. Yeah, he's, he's just got to make sure to not get a confession out of somebody before he kills them if he's going to use that spear. <laughs> get you his know. eyes poked out. It's a good thing he got that helmet on. All right, so. Start tipping it with poison. Yeah. <laughs> so we get, uh, 
we get to the finally get the meeting between Mandalorian and Ahsoka and, and she meets Grogu here. And that's where we get all this background that he was raised on Coruscant, that he uh, fled shortly after the Clone Wars, that he was actually trained by many Jedi masters. So, so are we saying like, you know, has Grogu been trained by Yoda, Mace Windu, Qui-Gon? Are these, is that what we're led to believe, Alex? I don't know. I mean, certainly some people. I think it's more likely as like, what's her name? Who like was in the library? All the Jocasta New, isn't that her name? Okay. Je- Jedi Jedi Master Jocasta New, the librarian master, right? right? Like she's probably who like picks up the spare children in the, in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, Mace Windu's got better stuff to do, more important stuff to do, um, in the height of the Jedi Order than worry worry about one child. But um, <laughs> I mean, I do think it's interesting to just kind of wonder about like you know. Yeah, what that backstory is, how he got out of there, and like, um, yeah, and then like, yeah, I mean, what happened in between? But I, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, just interesting. Again, like I said, there's these interesting parallels to Anakin because, like, yeah. the attachment to uh, you know, he's, he's like been with, uh, he's been away from you know Jedi discipline and meditation stuff so long. He's become attached to the Mandalorian the way Anakin was with his mom so long, became attached to her, and like. Yeah, you could see how like that would lead to the exact same problems. You know what I mean? Like, uh, oh, I remember. This is the point I was gonna make way back when. <laughs> the uh, the Jedi, like you know, for as much as they're touted in all these as like the the universal good, right? Like they clearly got it wrong too, because it mm-hmm. didn't work out for them. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. they didn't see it coming before it happened, and so some there was a some kind of failure there. You know what I mean? Right. Some kind of massive oversight that allowed the Emperor to pull what he pulled. So I think. Um, you know, one thing that I think the movie tries to teach us in a very subtle way, and maybe it's just my own interpretation, but like that saying like rejecting all evil knowledge, like saying that like, you know, this is like forbidden lore and we should never know what it says, isn't the right answer either. You know what I mean? That like, Mm -hmm. if we're aware of it, we can know how best to fight it. And if we spend our time scared of it, isn't that the fear that we're saying everyone else has? If we're too afraid of of the sea, you know what I mean? They they tell themselves, I was like, we're not afraid of the Sith. We just reject it out of purity. But it's like, well, but still if there. that's the case, you should be able to read it, yeah. say, I disagree and put it down. That's mm-hmm. true strength. You know what I mean? And I think that's something like, that's an interesting thing that we see in our culture right now. You know what I mean? Like on social yeah. media, if you say something, true. you get like blocked or unfollowed by people. You're like, I thought we were friends. You're like, wait, I just, yeah. can't you just like read it and just move on? And like, we just disagree <laughs> on that one point. You know what I mean? Like we agree on 99% of things. <laughs> but, <laughs> But I think, you know, that's like something that I always take away from these movies is like if the Jedi had maybe been better at listening, better at actually paying attention to the world, like, you mm-hmm. know, who knows how things could have played out. So like, you know, that's an interesting thing that I wonder if, you know, Dave Filoni is the guy who's obviously been doing a lot of this, this new stuff. And they, I've, I've heard fans are starting to talk about like the Filoni verse in terms of like the stuff with Ahsoka, the greater, you know, the possibility of Ezra Bridger returning, yeah. you know, when he went off into, you know, deep space and never returned or whatever. Uh, um, is Ahsoka still searching for him? And that's what she's doing way out here and that kinds of stuff. And like, yeah, I mean, I think that's something that maybe he wants to explore. And I think that's something that's more of a modern idea, right? Is that like, there's no universal good and universal bad. There's the path to goodness and the path to badness. And they're both like, you know, loaded with like bumps along the way. You know what I mean? I think that's more of a modern message, especially in the wake of Game of Thrones and the success of Game of Thrones. And people don't want like a pure good versus pure evil story anymore. Mm. Don't you think? Yeah, like, they want, I don't know. yeah, 
No, that's a, that's a good point. Game of Thrones is a really good comparison. Uh, I think it changed a lot the game of, in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, there's a lot of similar like story arcs too, like characters that we hated and then we ended up loving that ended up sometimes doing things that we were so proud that they did, other times doing things that drove us crazy. And so I think the Jedi, you know, in a lot of ways are like that too. Like, like Anakin's a good example. And then I think of the stubbornness of the Jedi is what causes a lot of the frustration of fans because sometimes they're like doing the right thing and sometimes they're they got to stay to the, the sacred texts and follow those. And that drives people crazy. And then Yoda burns the sacred text and it's awesome. And it's like, that's <laughs> yeah, all over the place. <laughs> all right. My question is, is Ahsoka sensed, as we say, we, and you talked about the bit, bit, Alex, but Ahsoka sensed fear within uh, Grogu, baby Yoda, because of his attachment. So does she legitimately, are we legitimately worried about a dark side turn of Grogu? Are we worried about a Darth, Darth Grogu? I, well, what, I, what I interpret more than that is that Ahsoka is more afraid of seeing what happened to Anakin happen to Grogu, more so than we should be afraid of what's specifically going to happen to Grogu ourselves. So I think it's her own fears mm-hmm. that are getting in the way of wanting to train him, uh, just because of what she's seen firsthand. And am I, am I wrong? And I, I just interpreted her whole monologue there about how she's seen um, a fully trained Jedi Knight um, have these dark emotions. Am I meant to believe that, that she's talking about Anakin there? Is that what you guys? Yeah, the up best on? of us. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Okay. That's an yeah. Anakin. Okay, reference. good. Yeah, definitely it has to be. Good. No, I think you're absolutely right. Like, I think she's haunted by those ghosts and the fact that she couldn't do anything to stop him. You know what I mean? I think yeah. you know at the end of Rebels they do have like this showdown, like, and she says it as as much. You know, I failed you. Like by leaving the Jedi Order, I wasn't there when you mm. needed someone to turn to, someone to guide you in the right place. I should have been that person. And Anakin says, like, you weren't there for me or whatever. And then, like, mm-hmm. but ultimately, it's like, you know, they both chose their own path. Like, you know, he, you know, she, it's, it's a really well-told story. And, like, you know, obviously, I think people should watch it. But, like, yeah, I mean, the way, you know, she ends up falling out with the Order, the way Anakin is torn between the Order and his Padawan and doesn't know, you know, it, you know, she's framed for a horrible crime. So yeah. he doesn't know what's right. You know what I mean? And so... It's, it's very nuanced and very well done. And it's amazing that it was done in cartoon because it's, it's so, you know, it's all these shades of gray and uh, it's, it's well told. But yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, she really is haunted by that. And I think mm-hmm. she also, you know, we have to remember, like she was never really promoted to Jedi Knight. I mean, she was yeah. basically going to be, but like, I mean, she's, you know, she's kind of unfinished. She's not a Jedi and she knows that. She says it all the yeah. time, like towards the end. That's why she threw away the lightsabers that the colors Jedi used and starts rocking the white. The -hmm. white is neutral. The white is not the color Jedi's use. You know what I mean? Like Jedi's use green, like like we know green and blue and on occasion purple. Like that's, that's the gambit. (laughs) You know, that's all we see. The Jedi use the Mandalorian dark saber is black. um, The Sith use red and occasionally maybe like orange or yellow or, but like in video games, basically. It wasn't Ray. Like, Didn't uh, Ray have a yellow lightsaber at the end of the yeah, movie? Yeah, Ray's got yellow. May, She's right, got yellow. Right, right. Yeah, Ray uses yellow. But, like, so, yeah, I mean, that's that that's that's set out for us. So the fact yeah. that she uses white is, like, a real, it's, yeah. it's really a, t- a telling thing that she doesn't see herself as a Jedi. So I think she also probably believes, like, I'm not the one to do this. You need a real Jedi. You need someone who right. believes in this, someone who is, you know, pure of heart and mind. Like, in the back of my head, I still think kind of this is all bullshit, and that's why it didn't work. You know what I mean? Like, that's... That's my interpretation. <laughs> well, she seems to have a, a trait that a lot of the Jedi have is when someone shows up to them and asks to be trained, Jedi say no a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. If you look at Yoda and Luke and now Ahsoka, 
Whatever the, the initial reaction is, no, no, I'm not going to train you. This isn't going to Maybe that's why out. there's none of these. I know. <laughs> Maybe if they said yes more often when Order 66 happened, there'd be way more of them equipped to take down all the clones. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but they're all playing scared. They're all playing scared. Yeah. They're all too nervous of what Although you get happen. it because it's like, you know, for every good one you make, yeah, there's yeah. like one just warrior somewhere in the galaxy. But like for everyone that turns, I mean, it's, it's, it really is. It's like you've unleashed a hydrogen bomb in multiple yeah. places all over the galaxy that just keeps going off. Like it's devastating. I mean, you're yeah. responsible for like thousands of deaths and you've right. got that on your conscience. Like I taught this dude how to do what he's doing. Like that's gotta be a killer. <laughs> Literally. Right, so, uh -huh. so, so we learned about this, this magistrate. Her name is Morgan Elsbeth. Is, was there anything, Jordan, what'd you think of this, this character here? I thought she was interesting. I thought uh, I actually looked into her a little bit, um, and she was great. The the actress is Diana Lee uh, Inosanto, and she's actually a professional martial artist. And Alex, you mentioned Bruce Lee earlier. Apparently, her dad was a student and training partner of Bruce Lee. Oh, that's awesome! And so because because when I saw her have the spear for that final battle and they were going to fight, I was like, oh, this is going to be brutal. This is, she doesn't look like athletic, and she was. She was great. She did Dude, really well in that battle. As soon as I saw she had the grip here and yeah. just the thumb here for like, you know, easy. Yeah. I was like, oh, I think that's the proper grip for like a two-handed yeah. weapon. Like, I'm yeah. like, this is about to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked into her and I was like, oh yeah, there's definitely more than meets the eye to the actress. And so that was really cool. I thought she was like kind of a classic villain, uh, not giving her anything, not giving Ahsoka anything, um, not, not budging, but really doing whatever it takes to have her killed as we see with her bartering with the Mandalorian when he's like, my price is high. And she's like, I'll give you this thing that's worth a billion uh, Republic credits, whatever this best car is. But yeah, I, I liked her. I enjoyed this character. And I thought it was really cool. You know, like just, I, you know, they're able to do so much and she doesn't really have to speak a lot because mm -hmm. they just establish that her whole family was killed in the Clone Wars. And that's just yeah. like, <laughs> it just gives you so much right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, here's all this, ang here's the basis for all this anger. And not only that, but it gives you a parallel to Din Djarin, whose family was also killed in the Clone Wars, I think, from what we know, right? It had to be the yeah. Clone Wars mm -hmm. or the, well, yeah, based on his age, it would have been the Clone Wars, yeah. you know, because the empire just fell. So it couldn't have been the, yeah. So like, you know, here's a parallel, like Din Djarin was found by the Mandalorians and so found a path to peace. She did not, she was not found by the Mandalorians and now here she was found by Thrawn. And now here she is, this horrible person, you know? It's like, it all, it's, your circumstances depend, dictate so much about like the person you become. I think that's like a really great side-by-side too that we get, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great insight. And, and uh, I believe that yeah, Amanda would have been the Clone Wars. It was a droid army that, that came yeah, and right, right. killed yeah. his town. Yeah. So, so that's probably it. So what we did get to see, which is cool, was Amando and the Jedi working together? Amando and the Jedi working together, which was like they literally said that line. Like, okay, yeah. this is this so, is this is unstoppable, right? There's, can anyone stop Amando and the Jedi? <laughs> they said uh, they'll never see this coming, right? Like, <laughs> it's like so cool. And honestly, I feel like they could take down the entire galaxy. <laughs> Just these two people. It was really cool to see them working together. Uh, Some Somewhere on Tatooine, like old Boba Fett is like yeah. shaking. Like he's just got a sense and it's making him angry right now. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. This would yeah. just be so, so off, off limits for Boba Fett, I think. Yeah. One thing I noticed was this town. They, they sound the alarm. They have all this great technology. They have these crazy guns. They have these amazing torture devices. And they sound the alarm. It's just a big hammer, a big gong. They sound yeah. like, there's no modern alarms they can create here. I, I find that a lot with, with, you know, you watch the show and they got like all oh, these ships that can fly, these rocket packs, these guns, these lightsabers. Then they have this belt. And then every time they look through binoculars, it looks like they're looking at a TV from like the 1940s, like so fuzzy and hard to make out anything. So some of the technology just is so far behind, including their emergency bell.
I think that's been one of the more, like, I think that's almost been, like, one of the cooler things about Star Wars yeah. as, like, it, they've continued to make it into the modern modern age. It's like, well, we still yeah. need to remember that, like, this thing has to, like, you know, especially, like, when they were making the, the, the prequel trilogies, like, well, this still has to age gracefully into the technology mm -hmm. that's shown from the 70s. So, like, we still have to do some of the stuff on the screen. And I love that even, like, in The Mandalorian, we've seen, like, yeah. some of those screens. Like, um, a couple episodes ago, that, that screen the guy's on is, like, a black yeah. screen with lines on it. You know what I mean? And it's, <laughs> like, that was amazing. You know what I mean? Like, I love that, you know, the galaxy far, far away has so much futuristic stuff. But then, like, yeah. other things just evolved in a very basic manner because that's like <laughs> just the timeline of the way the cgi was available but they made it work it's it's kind of fun yeah. how it's like a nod to all that right we mentioned the the bit a bit of this but we had these sort of uh duels simultaneous duels going at the same time the magistrate and ahsoka going head to head in a in a great battle and it's top tier sort of lightsaber battle i guess you can call it a lightsaber battle there were lightsabers involved where this yeah. guy lang this other guy outside was I don't know what he was trying to pull on the Mandalorian. Did, did you think he was going to give up? Because I did. Like, what? what is your stake here, bro? Aren't yes. you a higher hand? <laughs> yeah. I thought, like I thought maybe he'd run hand. away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so what, I, are you, are, what are you hooking up with her, dude? Like, get out of there. <laughs> it's not worth it. Leave. Yeah, and even yeah, if he, you, they would have given you the out. I know yeah. they would have. Like, <laughs> even if he pulled out the gun and was able to shoot Mandalorian, we we know the best card would hold up anyways. Like, yeah. There's, so there's no way she's paying you enough to make that move. There's no yeah. way. There's no amount of money that's worth making that move. You just we put it down and you walk away. Dude. Yeah, and I thought it was really cool the two separate scenes, the two separate duels going on. They're both kind of like their own like Street Fighter or Mortal yeah. Kombat levels. Like, okay, I'm going to go Ahsoka and you're going to be Morgan. We're going to fight in the Samurai Garden, right? And then we got the Mandalorian and Lang in the town. And it was really cool. And hang with me here. All right, I got something here that's going to set up, I think, the future of both the Mandalorian and Ahsoka. I know what we're going to talk about. Are they going to interact again? I'm going to say very little based on this scene, based on seeing a literal wall between them in this scene. <laughs> This wall is going to separate them. She's on her own path in probably her own series looking for Grad Admiral Thrawn. Mandalorian's going to continue on looking for the home of the child. And this is really going to, this, is, this was just a literary device here, this wall to show us that they're not going to do this together. We're going in two separate directions. They got their own stories to tell and I'm all here for it. That's good. If I had like one sticking point with the episode, it was like, man, he gave up real easy on the deal she just yeah. reneged on. You know what I mean? Like she went straight back on the deal. Like we've seen him kill for that. You know what yeah. I mean? But like, he's just like, okay, we'll go to another planet far away and find a different Jedi. Like yeah, dude, from everything true. we know about the Mandalorian, he'd be like, no, you teach this kid. We had a deal. You know what I mean? Like, so that yeah. if I had one sticking point, it would be that. But like, Don't, do you think that maybe there's like to your point? Like, yeah, like we saw when they're talking in the woods there about how the child has an attachment to Mando. Do you think there's maybe a part of him that doesn't want to give up the child? And like, you know, he's kind of a part of him now. And he, he like the child needs him as like a father figure. He wants the child because he's like his son now. Yeah, I think it's possible. But like, it seemed like he was going to do it, that he was just yeah. like taking a minute to say goodbye, but he was going mm -hmm. to deliver him. I think like, He's still so, he's such a, like a code driven, honor bound kind of person. You know what yeah. I mean? If he might not want to, but I think he still does it where they're at right now with the relationship. So mm -hmm. I think it'd be really interesting to see. Like, I assume we're going to go to Tython now, right? And I assume mm -hmm. we're going to place, place the, the Grogu on the beacon. And I assume someone's going to come answer that beacon because otherwise like Ahsoka's just wasted our time. Right. Yeah. Like, um, 
So it'll be interesting to see who comes and how they, how that relationship plays out because the, yeah, I mean, we saw it a little bit here, but like once you have a Jedi in the mix who can communicate with the Grogu, uh, Mandalorian becomes a third wheel pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Like he's just off there kind of pacing, looking over and they're just kind of like talking about him and he doesn't know what they're saying. Like, well, let's talk about Tython and the Jedi Temple, and, and let's kind of go through the options of what could we see here. Could we see, and let's start with the first one. You brought up a few of them, Alex. So let's start with Ezra. Is, is, is Ezra a possibility here? I hope so. I think it would be super cool. Because, like, at this point, he'd be older, right? Like, who mm-hmm. knows what he's gone through? Uh, last we saw in Rebels, he just, yeah, he literally went, he was, like, sucked into a wormhole. And we mm-hmm. don't know where it ends up. Like, we've established in, in that show that they'll dump out anywhere. And right potentially and at different times you know what i mean like so who knows really like where Ezra's gonna emerge or if he's emerged a while ago and he's been doing all kinds of stuff or if he's just gonna emerge now and he won't have aged at all like i i really don't know what it's gonna be but i mean the thing is thrawn did go to where you know they went in the same worm yes yes um so if thrawn is in operation here and where is granted Admiral thrawn like clearly he's been in contact with her that tells me that ezra has emerged at some point and it almost makes me wonder if that's really what ahsoka's after because yeah, exactly. at the end of Rebels, she says, like, it's her and uh, Sabine, the, the Mandalorian, interestingly enough, from that show, <laughs> who say, like, now, now we're going to find Ezra. Like, Ezra played this pivotal role in helping us turn the tide of the war against the Empire in Rebels. And, you know, it's kind of like helped start the New Republic, but Ezra's lost. And, like, the last thing they say, we're going to go find this guy. Mm-hmm. So it's very possible Ahsoka's still trying to find him. Like, yeah. by finding Thrawn, it will lead me to Ezra. I could see that. And maybe that'll be the path for Ahsoka's show mm-hmm. in which case maybe Ezra isn't the option but I could see it go either way yeah that's what makes me think it maybe wouldn't be Ezra that that baby Yoda finds because if 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 you could just go to the temple and find Ezra that way that why doesn't Ahsoka just go do that right like yeah that would make point. more sense to me so is it is it Jordan is it is it Luke is it Luke Skywalker I mean yeah it's a possibility I think that I can't picture it. I, you know, I can't picture Luke Skywalker in this series. You know, uh, they would have to dial back his age. We right? cast him with Sebastian Stan. Put Sebastian Stan as. Oh, although we've seen they That's can fun. do it, man. They, yeah. they, they, they totally can. Mark Hamill once already, right? Yeah. They totally yeah. can. I don't know. I, I think I would just be a bit shocked by that, by that storytelling. I think it would be a bit surprising. And I think they know that. I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong, but I think they know that it would drive people crazy, you know, to have Luke Skywalker show up here. So, I'm I'm really I'm really short of guesses here for who could show up, which makes me compelled to believe that no one's going to show up and he's just going to choose to continue on with the Mando. I think the other problem with it being Luke Skywalker is like we know that Kylo Ren like doesn't he like kill one of Luke's younger students? Like, mm-hmm. is that Grogu? Like, you know what I mean? Like, we can't. Oh. I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> well, Jordan, then then how about how about uh, Cal from Jedi Fallen Order? Oh. I do like Cal. See, that's the kind of character that I'm thinking of. Kind of outside the box, not someone from like the main Skywalker saga. Cal would be, Cal would be really fun. I'd love to see how that, like how this exactly works, where he reaches out to him and talks to him. Like, is it going to be like kind of like a Kylo Ren Ray thing, where he kind of just appears with him? Is it going to be just hearing each other's voices? Um, I definitely put Cal on the table. I can't think of anyone better off the top of my head. I think that's probably the best possibility too. And like, I don't know if you guys. Uh... Like, a lot of people are familiar with, you know, I think it's super cool that they designed that character after an actor. And that almost makes yeah. me think, like, that was a per- that was maybe yes. in, in play when they had that idea. You know what I mean? That, like, Cameron mm-hmm. Monaghan was always, light, like, signed on to play somebody who was going to enter the Disneyverse. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that's awesome. Like, I don't know if you guys watch Joker. 
but he played or sorry watched gotham which is like on netflix right. right now and like it took a while to get going like the first season's pretty bad yeah, i gave up like, after the first season <laughs> yeah no it's terrible but like by the time it gets to it's seasons terrible. three and four man it's like it finds a crazy stride and he cameron monaghan as the young joker is one of the best i mean he's he's like right up there he, he manages to like I mean, it's not quite Heath Ledger, but he's fantastic. Dude. He's yeah. really, really good. He blew me away. I was like, who is this kid? I remember because I didn't know him from anything else. I'm like, who is this kid that's playing like the hardest character there is to play with like almost and doing all the craziest stuff. I mean, they did all the, the comic book stuff where he takes off his face and sews it back on and all this. And he just, man, he just rolled with like some of the craziest script yeah. writing like you'll ever understand. So like, I'd be really excited to see that actor introduced and yeah, that character too. I think that make the most sense probably yeah what here's one more a bit more outside the box here uh, alex what about a uh, mace windu <laughs> well how would that work he somehow i mean we've seen boba fett survive we've seen palpatine survive we've he seen just, he, like, survive. he like uh he like slowed himself down with the forest we so got sucked out that window <laughs> I, I just saw youtube i just saw youtube the one hand video of it, of mace windu. <laughs> that's an interesting theory it hadn't even crossed my mind to be honest with you um it would be cool you know, like, here's the thing, right? Um, Clone Wars established that Darth Maul survived being bisected, literally cut in half. And he fell down, and him and the Emperor both fell down shafts, probably as deep as, you know, whatever Mace yeah. Windu fell off of. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a good point. Like, unless we see somebody literally pass away on screen, like, it's in play. I guess it's in yeah. play. I would be really surprised. To me, that that's probably the longest shot. That's probably yeah. an even longer shot than Ezra Bridger or like mm -hmm. maybe even a longer shot than like Ahsoka showing up herself. Like, hey, yeah. it's me. Yeah. I just had like something else I had to take care of or something. Yeah. So it is possible we do get no one, but there's also a possibility I think we could get we could get a force ghost, Jordan. Yeah, I think, I think that's buzzkill. Yeah. See, because my my theory on the show is that. Everywhere Mandalorian goes, season two, season three, and beyond, however long this goes for, Baby Yoda is with him. That's what I'm thinking. And so with that being said, he may go there. He may get in touch with a force ghost, someone who's not going to actually be an established regular character in the show. And he might just talk to him, communicate with him, and realize that where he really needs to be is with the Mando. And so in knowing that, in knowing that, in, that I think the child is going to be with the Mando forever... I think that puts a lot of people on the table for a one-time cameo. Mm -hmm. But with the most likely, uh, uh, Alex, would be Yoda, though, right? Yoda Force Ghost? Oh, my gosh. I would like, I, I would prefer Yaddle. She deserves, <laughs> yeah. she deserves yeah. some love, damn it. <laughs> Yaddle has had, she's painfully under, understated. Although, I mean, she was kind of, there was like Yaddle erasure in this episode, right? Where she, I mean, yeah. I guess if Yaddle disappeared before, it depends when she disappeared, right? Because Ahsoka doesn't come into the Jedi Temple in any capacity until sometime after the Clone Wars, though. Yeah, so yeah. I guess the Soka, you know, Yaddle might have died before Soka's around, but uh, yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yoda talking to Baby Yoda to is crazy. <laughs> yeah, once, that, you, once, you, once you open up the ghost possibility, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot in play there. And I, I do like that idea because, like I said, like, I did feel like, even though it was only for a brief time, like, the Mandalorian very quickly became a third wheel when you have another Jedi in play mm -hmm. who yeah. can actually communicate with this baby. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is where Yoda's going to appear, and then he's going to reveal that he's, that he's Grogu's father. 
And he's going to say, I, I can't be your father for you, but, but Mandalorian will be your new father, your adopted <laughs> father. And they live happily ever after. End credits. Disney. There's the Disney castle. That's it. Um, about that, Trevor, um, Alex, I don't know if you probably don't know this, but Trevor and I have had a, a longstanding uh, bet sort of about this season and about a particular phrase being actually spoken in this series. And we, we wondered, Trevor thinks this is what's going to happen, that at some point the, the term baby Yoda would be said on screen. And he predicted last yeah. week that this was our best opportunity for it. Thinking that Ahsoka would look at the child and be like, man, he, he looks like some kind of baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah. And so I think without that happening today, mm-hmm. I think uh, Trevor, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I didn't bet on the fact that Ahsoka actually knew like, uh, like Grogu, I guess like have Ahsoka and Grogu met before. It kind of seemed like it. And and then as well that Grogu like has has interacted with the entire Jedi Council and Jedi yeah. Masters. So that was something we could have not predicted that, sure. that Grogu was right within the the Jedi the Jedi Council there. So I'm trying to remember, does Donnie Yin's character survive at the end of Rogue One? Uh Chirrut Imwe, the blind guy. You know who I'm talking no, about? No, no, he does not. No, he does not. He, he dies. Yeah. Damn. I mean, right. again, because that would he makes cool. a sacrifice play. Yeah, that would be that's cool. right. That's right. Yeah, everybody no. dies in Rogue Everybody. Dies. Everyone sacrifices. Literally yeah. nobody lives, right? Yeah. 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 That would have been a cool one. Um, yeah. So so I guess we don't know. We'll be interesting to see if we do get anyone. That's presumably would be next episode, I think, right? Where else is he going? He might as well head straight to Tython. Yeah. But my question is, do do we see Ahsoka again in Mandalorian the season down. two. <laughs> the ship always breaks down. Yeah, somehow. somehow. That's possible. Yeah. We see it episode yeah. seven. But do we see Ahsoka again, Alex? What do you think? In this, um, in this season? In this season? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in the finale. That's what yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. I would say it, it's like... It's possible. I'd say probably in the finale. It probably almost plays out the way they used the... Uh, Gina Carano in the first season, right? Mm, it's like, yes. and really to a degree, everybody. It's like yes. you, they rounded Nick Nolte and everybody back up for the finale. You know what I mean? I could see her yeah. making an appearance in some kind of big capacity. Moff Gideon and Thrawn together. You know mm. what I mean? Some kind of Thrawn first shows up and accompanies Gideon in some kind of major right. play. Something that reveals like a big, like what they've been up to. Like all of a sudden they have like four sensitive clones they're sending after them that they've been brewing in these laboratory vats. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then Ahsoka comes in because you need that kind of heavy hitter now. I could definitely mm-hmm. see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I'm getting, I'm getting, yeah, sorry. I know I'm getting more and more on board with Trevor's been saying this from maybe the first episode that the finale is going to end in some kind of Avengers end game where everyone shows up and, mm-hmm. and I'm getting more and more on board with that thinking yeah. that's going to happen. Um, just as gonna be some kind of big battle, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out here right now. Uh, I, was th- I was thinking about it. I think that season two is gonna end with Moff Gideon getting his hands on the child and the season ending. Ooh, Ooh that'd be crazy. I'm starting. Yeah. I'm starting to feel that. That would be gnarly. You, yeah. you could you can picture the Avengers Endgame ending where where it looks like Mano's in trouble, and then he gets a yeah. message from Ahsoka, and he's like, on your left. Here comes, <laughs> here comes Ahsoka, here comes Bo-Katan, here comes Cobb yeah. and here comes Frog Lady. I don't know. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, I don't know, like, to what degree they've just cast people and kept it secret. You know what I mean? Obviously, the Rosaria yeah. Dawson thing, that came out a year ago. So, like, if, if there are some good, like, characters from other you know the, some of the cartoons from the rebels and stuff like that that are already cast and they've just kept them secret that's amazing uh, yeah so i wouldn't necessarily expect it but like you know for example like there's a couple things they could drop that would be like on those avengers level like mm-hmm. you know we know moff gideon has the dark saber that's like 
that's Bo-Katan's way. That's her right to yeah. rule. You know what I mean? Like that is yeah. the weapon that bestows upon her the leadership of the Mandalorian people. That's what that thing symbolizes. And he took that, he said like the Knight of Tears, he was there and he read, uh, he read the file on Din Djarin, you know what I mean? And like, you don't have to know the history of Mandalore to know that the Night of Tears was probably a pretty messed up evening. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so like, yeah, clearly like that's a showdown that we'll have to get at some point. And maybe Sabine Wren coming back into that. That's the thing yeah. that to me would be really interesting. She hears somebody that's young that was going to accompany Ahsoka on her search for Ezra. That's a Mandalorian that had the Darksaber at one point. Like just checks all the boxes right, of someone yeah. that still needs to probably pop up at some point on the show, I think. I mean, maybe the big the big pop up that we I guess happened in episode one, but we haven't seen yet again is Boba Fett and Jordan. Are we, again, yeah. I ask this at the end of every episode. When are we going to see Boba Fett next? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be next week. <laughs> I say this every week, but uh, I think again, I think it's probably something that'll be saved for something to do with this Avengers Endgame finale. That whether he's on the good guy side, the bad guy side, or on his own side, I I don't know. I feel like he he has always been a self interested guy. We don't know a lot about him, but we kind of piece it together. He's a bounty hunter. He looks out for himself. And so I think he'll show up. I have no idea what side he's going to show on, but I, I'm guessing that that finale, everything's going to come up here. Man, going back to that episode, like, did you guys interpret it as though, like, because I really thought, right, like, Timothy Oliphant's character, isn't that Boba Fett's armor, like, that yeah. he found? That's the yes. same, the same armor. It's not just yeah, Mandalorian armor. That's the Boba Fett suit. Yes. So, like, and, and the, uh, the crate dragon they're fighting, they said he's living out of a, a sarlacc, sarlacc pit. pit like what yeah. happened to the sarlacc like <laughs> yeah and like so if boba fett's alive like boba fett fought his way out and killed that sarlacc and that's yeah. why it was vacated for the crate dragon to move in right that mm -hmm. pit but like what's interesting to me is like he's shed his armor he's yeah. lost his gun he's just wandering the desert like is he who is he now you know he's old like did it take him 50 the sarlacc digest you for a thousand years like how long was he in there was he yeah. in there this whole time and he had just gotten out and now he's walking back to civilization to find a ship or is he so. disillusioned or is he disillusioned <laughs> with life and now he's just become a desert hermit he's like screw <laughs> the bounty hunter thing screw all of this man like the sarlacc messed him up and now he's just living like with the Jawas or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or just like he's out there, like in Obi Wan's cave or something like that. You know what I mean? So like I, I'm very interested to see how that plays out. But like, you know, unless something, you know, if it's the second thing, we'll have to go back to Tatooine to see him again, right? Mm -hmm. Because like, yeah. he, to me, he looked like a sand hermit. I'm like that guy is tattered. He yeah. shed all his armor. Like he's living in the desert, and that's where he yeah. wants to be. Like that's what he looked like to me. This is a grizzled old sand man. Like. <laughs> I don't know. So we'll see, man. I think that's one of the more interesting uh, shoes that still has yet to drop for sure. Yeah, and this is what I love about this second season. We're five episodes in, and we've created so many different pathways. Like, Disney has done such a good job of creating this bigger universe. You know, we talk about everything going on with Boba Fett. I kind of forgot about that until we just started talking about it. Yeah. We got Bo-Katan Bo and her crew. They want to go back to Mandalore. We got Ahsoka, who wants to find Admiral Thrawn, right? We're looking for the home of the child. Uh, the frog lady's got her eggs back. But we have all these big storylines <laughs> happening, and, and, and they're just creating this giant universe of endless stories even the last uh movie of the skywalker series ended with a couple of possible spin-offs that could come out of that so they're just creating all of these new universes and they're just setting themselves up to make billions of dollars for <laughs> an eternity and i'm i'm here to watch it all i mean if it keeps if there's see this is the thing right if they continue to put out material at this level like yeah. just unbeatable keep it coming you know what i mean yeah. and that's the thing i think that's that's the, the differentiation that we've seen Disney do with some of these universes that I yeah. think, you know, like the DC universe, for example, has just tried to fast track yeah. it and 
and get to the place where it's already kind of in autopilot making its own money and like without doing the legwork establishing the stories creating the individual meaningful arcs that make us care about these people you can't get to that place in our hearts you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you can't lead with the death of superman and make us care about it you know what i mean i think that's that's such a you know great thing that disney I think they saw what worked with the Avengers and they just like seamlessly integrated that concept yeah. into the, the Star Wars first, which is so hard to to even fathom how you go about doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's really a testament to their, their creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's been great, great series, great episode. Was there anything else in the episode that we haven't touched on yet that we wanted to explore a little bit more, either Jordan or Alex? Oh, um, there was um, the, uh, oh, go, yeah, go ahead, Alex. I was just going to say, I saw in one of the uh, videos, this is just a really cool knob, but like that guy who was made like a uh, magistrate at the end, like new magistrate, yeah, exactly the, uh, the, the older guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's apparently like one of the like head, uh, what, what, what is his, what is his title exactly? He's like, a, he's one of like the oh. Disney uh, Imagineers, right? He's okay. like a chief oh. Imagineer at Disney. Like he's not an actor at all. It was just like a, a cool way for somebody who spent his entire life with Disney, like to get yeah. like basically inserted into his favorite thing ever and it was cool like he didn't he didn't knock it out of the park but he didn't do anything wrong he didn't have any lines other than like nodding and being, yeah. you know yeah, don't talk to dim- us that's what looking he's diminutive yeah. when soldiers point their guns his way yeah right it's fine but he had that great moment where he looked like he was gonna try to save the people who were getting electrocuted and he like was gonna go oh, yeah. run after the guards but luckily like mando came and saved him or else he would have just died he's like there. oh good <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank god yeah, yeah. All right. Well, the last thing we like to do here is, uh, Alex, we've been, every episode we've been rating, each of us have been rating, me and Jordan rate, it, rate the episode out of 10. And then the guest, our guest host also rates it out of 10 and see, just kind of see what episode we got here. So I think I know where we're going here, but let's just, let's just see it out. So Jordan, why don't you start us off here? Tell us what you think and what your rating is out of 10. Okay. Well, I gave uh, a 10 already to chapter 11, the heiress. And uh, I led this whole show talking about how this was the best 45 minutes of TV I've ever watched. So <laughs> I feel like... So nine? Nine, nine yeah. and a half. <laughs> so that being said, um, yeah, the, again, I know like guests in the past have been like, I don't want, and even you, Trevor, I don't want to just give out tens because what if there's something better? I think it's okay if there's multiple tens. And again, I'm going to give this a 10, no brainer, 10 out of 10 show. Absolutely. All right, Alex, what do you think? What do you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's nice because I, I haven't done this before, so I have no basis for comparison. Yeah. So nobody can judge me based <laughs> yeah. on that. But I, yeah, I mean, this is the easiest episode I think to, yeah. to do this for in the in the world. I mean, I'd go higher if I could. Yeah. you know, I mean, I'd go twelve. <laughs> I mean, this this episode, like like we talked about, man. I mean, we've all just gushed about it for the last hour. Like, it really was phenomenal television. Like, it it gave us what we wanted in terms of action, in terms of story. It set up so many possibilities for the future that have us. I mean, we could just, you know, we we can delve endlessly into these possibilities and these plot lines and what mm-hmm. it could mean for these characters. And I mean, it just, you know, to, to do so many things so tightly packaged and to not have it feel rushed, to have it feel like a well-told completed story. I mean, that's just so hard to do. And uh, man, yeah, I just can't say enough good things about it. 
Right. And for me, I gave the first two episodes, I gave eight out of 10. I gave the Bo-Katan episode a nine out of 10. I gave last episode seven. It was sort of the, the low point of the series, but uh, yeah, I'm right with it with you guys. It's 10 out of 10. No doubt about it. That gives it a perfect 10 out of 10. It's our number one episode so far. Jumps over the Eris. And uh, it's going to be hard to top. That's my questionnaire. Will we get the topping yeah. of it? Uh, is it actually the best episode of all time? You know, who knows? I think it's hard to, you know, I, the other argument, I really like the, the finales of, of season one. Mm-hmm. I like the finale season one. So, and that's yeah. what I'm curious to see. Like, what are they going to do for this season? Yes. You know, like the bar is high. Yes. But, but, but the bar has been high, man. They yes, keep clearing. Yeah. So <laughs> at the very least, this one will be tied for the top episode that we have here. Cause we gave it tens across the board. So it's hard to argue with. And I think that basically wraps us up here for the podcast. Um, again, thank you, Alex, for coming on. Huge pleasure. Yeah. No, anytime. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing this, guys. Okay, one of the things I, I've been telling the, the different guests, so is I love for maybe the, the last episode, the finale, to try and do like a Avengers Endgame type in, bring everybody in for one big panel. We'll see how that goes. But Oh, that's a cool idea. If you're I up like for it. that, yeah. then that'd be great. Yeah, man, let me know. I'm around. Uh, you know, the, the beauty of uh, the way we're living Quarantine, these days is yes. I've yeah. got plenty of, plenty of days free on my schedule. So, yeah. Right, right. Well, again, thank you. Thank you for those listening. You can follow us on our Instagram at NeverSeenSW. Uh, we're going to keep recapping these Mandalorian podcasts. Uh, we're going to hit back once we're done Mandalorian. Uh, we might do that Lego Disney special that came out, Lego Star Wars special that came out. That looks fun. And then eventually, uh, Alex, I don't know if you know this, but our other sort of podcasts I've been doing, but we put on hold for the Mandalorian is I've been uh, going through the Star Wars saga with, with a girl named Kristen who's watching it for the very first time. Oh, wow. Watching it for the very first time. And so we've gone through uh, episodes one through six already, the original and prequels. And uh, eventually we're going to get to the sequel trilogy, but we're going to wait until the Mandalorian's over and see how she feels. Can you That's guess, awesome. Alex? Can you guess, Alex, what her favorite uh, movie is so far after watching the first six? She watched the originals first and then the prequels. Could you guess what her favorite is so far? Uh, I mean... It's probably, I feel like it's probably something unconventional, but uh, I mean, yes. I feel like the, the standard answer is four or five, mm-hmm. but I almost feel like it's, is it like three? It's a, it's two. It's Attack of the Clones. It's two. <laughs> Dude, I like Attack of the Clones more okay. than all, everyone I know. So I'm okay. going to be, I'm going to be sympathetic so right, on that one. You know what I mean? I think Attack of the Clones, like we were talking about, like, you know, we're still referencing that Django uh, Obi-Wan fight is a metric for like what yeah. the best Mandalorian can achieve against yes. the best Jedi. There was a lot that's set up in the Clone Wars that's actually really, really meaningful. We got to see Yoda fight for the first time. Yeah, it's fun. I was like 15 in theaters and I was yeah. like, I think I stood on my feet. I was just like, yeah. ah, ah. <laughs> it was baby Yoda when they were doing that little somersault. I was just like, yeah, you know, like, I was so excited when that happened. So I've got a lot of love for Clone Wars, man. But oh, yeah. that's cool, man. That's a good friend that'll uh, that'll do that with you. Because <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. especially with someone who's a super fan of something, because I know me, like, I can't help but just, like, add the content I feel like you need to know, like, the filler stuff. You know what I mean? I know that can get annoying for some people. But, right. like, I had a friend who insisted, like, she insisted on coming over and watching all the Lord of the Rings and Hobbits with me. And I'm like, are you sure you want to do that? Like, do you know what you're signing on for here? And she was like, no, let's do it. It sounds like fun. And, like, she really enjoyed, like, I mean, I was like, are you sure this doesn't feel like going to school? How I have like as much to tell you after the movie as we does. And she's like, no, this is fun. I'm like, cool. Perfect. Like, we're compatible. Like, this is a good friendship. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so that's awesome. All right. Well, thank you again, Alex and Jordan, for being on. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, yeah, please let us know if you watch it. Give us uh, nice comments and nice ratings in, on Apple. And uh, we appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye.